Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be having a marketing measurement masterclass with Chris Mercer, co-founder of Measurement Marketing.io. Chris is a sought-after measurement marketing expert. He and his team have been helping marketers, marketing teams, and agencies measure their marketing so they know what's working and what's not. He can be found speaking at conferences and events, such as Traffic and Conversion, Social Media Marketing World, Content Jam, Travel Con, Digital Elite Camp, Baby Bathwater Institute, and others. Let's hear it from Chris. Uh, today, uh, you know, we are going to talk about something uh, interesting, but my guest hasn't arrived yet, so I'm just going to give him a couple of minutes to join in. Uh, so today, uh, the topic which we had this, we were planning to discuss was about marketing analytics, right? We all are like I am also a marketer. The thing, the main thing is, one of the biggest challenges if you ask any marketer, uh, it will be managing data, deriving the right insights from the data, right? So. I wanted to discuss this topic for a long time, and luckily, I found today's guest. He's he's he is a genius in that area, and he knows it inside out. So he is here. So let me just give you a quick introduction. Uh, today, I have Chris Mercer with me. He's the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io. If you guys haven't checked their blog, please go check it out. If you struggle with marketing analytics and Google Analytics or any form of marketing measurement please go check them out he's a sort after measurement marketing expert mercer as he's known and his team have been helping marketers marketing teams and agencies measure their marketing so they know what's working and what is not first by planning out what's important to measure in the marketing then how to actually measure it using tools like google tag manager and google analytics creating dashboards that are actually useful and pulling actionable insights from what's being measured to begin forecasting and optimizing future results. That's one of the biggest pain points for most of the marketers I know. So they work amazing in that area. Mercer spends countless hours reading, practicing, adjusting and innovating to improve his skill set. He has a knack for teaching and he is known for his ability to simplify even the most complex ideas for his audience. He can be found speaking at conferences and events such as Traffic and Conversion, Social Media Marketing World, Content Jam, Travel Con, Digital Elite Camp, Baby Bathwater Institute, and others. So I'm super excited. I have curated a set of amazing questions for him. These are my doubts itself in marketing analytics. So without further ado, let me bring him on. Howdy, Vivek. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you. Definitely. You as well. You as well. All right. All right. Uh, so, Chris, you know, uh, as, as you know, the topic is marketing measurement today. So I have curated a set of 10 to 15 questions for you. So if you're ready, we can start off. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so let's start with, you know, uh, with an interesting question. First of all, why is measuring marketing results and efforts important? That's a really good question. So there are a lot of students that will come to us because, and I'll give just a perfect example of what, of what happens sometimes, what I call the curse of a good offer. So somebody will create an offer, whatever it is, e-commerce, doesn't matter what the business model is, and they spend a little bit of money on Facebook. They give Facebook a hundred bucks and Facebook all of a sudden returns $200. And they go, this is great. Let's give Facebook $200. And then Facebook gives them $500. And they go, great. Let's give Facebook a thousand dollars. And then Facebook keeps it, right? And then they go, <laughs> they go, well, what happened? What broke? And everyone kind of looks around at the company and goes, well, I, I don't know, like nobody, nobody knew. And, and what happens is when you don't know what you're, A, it's important to know your results, right? How much sales you're making. And I think a lot of companies are really good at that, but they don't know what we call the results and how. They don't know how they're getting the results. And that's both ways, either, either know how you are successful or how you are not successful. And that was the whole, that's why measurement is so important. The way that we think about it is like, if I had an online store and you came into my shoe store, I would, you and I would have a conversation about what type of shoes you were looking for. We would go through and get you maybe try on a pair, buy some shoes and hopefully bring back friends later. And there would be a very simple conversation that you and I would be having, it would be very natural. 
And that's what measurement does for digital marketers. It allows us to kind of listen in to their side of the conversation because that's what's happening. Our users are having a conversation with our websites, but a lot of times we don't know what that is because we can't hear it. And so when you measure properly, you sort of understand like, oh, they really liked the the headline and they started really interacting with our videos, but they didn't look at the offer at all. So maybe we got to change the messaging. And and if you listen to the conversation, it, it allows us as marketers to make better judgments in terms of what we switch, right? What we adjust when it comes to marketing so we can ultimately improve our results. So that's why that's so important. Right, right, right. Now I understand what, what, what your bio, when your bio said, how you make complex things simple. That is, that is a tough question and you put it so beautifully. <laughs> No, that's the way to uh, you know put an answer right there. Yeah, All right. All right. So next thing, you know, most of the marketers know they need to measure their efforts. They need to know what's working, etc. But it is a tough nut to crack. Why is it so? That's a really great question. I think the biggest reason is that it is, and 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 I would love to be the guy who said this is really simple but it's not, there's a lot of stuff out there that right. is always promising measurement. Like when we first started this, there was Google Analytics and that already was overwhelming people because it does a lot of stuff. And, right. it, and it was a harder platform for people to learn. And now there's Tag Manager and Data Studio and Tag Manager Server Side, Google Analytics 4. And that's just the Google verse of stuff. There's all, all the other stuff that's out there too. Right. So it is, it can be overwhelming and frustrating because there's so much stuff that's out there and the market is constantly changing. So there's right. you know new technical changes that are changing, like what iOS did with the whole Facebook debacle earlier this year, uh, what Google's gonna be doing in 2023 when they change their browser, right? So that's changing. Laws are coming out with new privacy and user stuff, which is causing measurement to change. And then right. users themselves just don't wanna be measured in the way that they were before. So they're using ad blockers and things like that. So you have tools that are complicated, they are, on top of a system where everything's rapidly changing all the time, the rules are constantly changing. It's like no wonder when somebody kind of jumps into the middle of that, it's like a raging ocean and you're like, there's no way you're gonna be able to swim your way out of this. It's, it's really hard. And so that's what I think that makes it such a tough nut to crack. The, right. the reason that, or I should say the way out, cause there is hope for this, but the way out of it is that you have to have a framework to follow. You've got to have a structure. If you just jump, if you just jump into Google Analytics without any sort of real plan of how you're going to use it as an example, it's going to feel like you just jumped into a big giant ocean with a raging storm. And it's going to be really hard for you to get anything done. But when you go in with a framework in mind, with a plan that you've got, then it becomes a lot simpler. So again, the short answer of why it's such a tough nut to crack is because people don't have a, a plan for it. And it's a, it is a, there's a lot going on. So it's, you have to sort of think that through. And if you have a plan, it's a lot easier to crack that nut. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think all the, along with all the platforms or these measurement tools are also evolving every, every, every month, if not. It's exactly uh, right. We do new <laughs> workshops. So on our YouTube channel, we do a new workshop. It's called what's new. Every month we will do a new workshop where we cover the last 30 days of what changed with Tag Manager. What's the latest stuff with Google Analytics? What does Data Studio now do? And we've been doing that, I think, for almost three years now without missing, like just always an update to your point. <laughs> it always changes. That's exactly right. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So all marketing measurement projects kick off with an audit, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it cannot go on with, like, for example, if somebody wants to start somewhere, uh, the basic starting point is an audit. So what are your key recommendations for making these audits successful and fruitful? So it's a really good question because it depends upon what you're auditing for, right? There's like auditing your Google Analytics and there's auditing your measurement system overall. So let's start with kind of the main measurement system. What every measurement system should have is really three key stages, no matter what you call them, you're gonna have these stages. First is the planning stage when you're building out your measurement plan. Then you do the actual build out and that's where you're setting up a tool like Google Analytics or Tag Manager or something like that to get all the information that you need to get the you know questions answered. And right. then there's like the launching of that measurement system which is where you put it out into the wild and now you're actually using the results. So right. going through each of those stages, like how do you know if you have a good plan? So the way to know that you have a good plan is that it does three things for you. One is you are listing out all the questions that you're trying to get answers to. Second is that you know what information you need to collect in order to get those answers. And then third, and this is the most important part, this is the part people miss when it comes to planning, is you role play ahead of time and you think about what actions will I take based upon the answers that I get. And you think about all of that ahead of time. 
That's so important because now if you've ever had a report or if you've ever given somebody a report where they asked it and they were like, well, I don't know what this means. I don't know what to do with this. That happens a lot. That's because right. there was no plan for that report. Nobody role played. What would they do based upon the answers they get? So they don't know what to do with it. They haven't thought about it. So you do right. that ahead of time, right? That's the planning stage. In, in auditing the build, really three, again, keeping it simple and sort of higher level, three things you want to make sure that your builds do. And again, it might be a tool like Google Analytics. If you're just using Analytics, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but first is you've got to make sure that you are measuring for the results that you want to get, right? Measure right. for the results. Two is you have to know where your traffic is coming from. Uh, what we call the who, what, and why of the traffic. Who's sending it to you? What type of traffic is it? Why are they sending it to you in the first place? And then most importantly, and again, this is the part that people skip, unfortunately, is that you have to, what we call set up your setup. And that's a, that's a misconception in Google Analytics. And it's not anyone's fault. It's because it is so easy to activate a tool like Google Analytics and it starts right. filling up with data that people think, oh, well, I can go use it now. But that is right. not at all ready to use, right? You have to actually set it up. So you got to make sure that you, you, you've set up your Google, your, your measurement, whatever it happens to be. Let's say Google Analytics in this example, set it up so that it is tying the traffic to the results that that traffic creates. So that's right. sort of the main things that I would look at in the, in the build audit and how effectively are we measuring for results, traffic, and, and making sure those two things are tied together. And then in the launch, there are three things, again, that you want to sort of look for uh, to see if you're properly using your measurement. That's what the, the launching part of it is. First is that it should be a very natural story. If you're looking at a bunch of data and you cannot see a story, that's a problem. That means your build was not done properly and it's not naturally telling a story. So you go back right. to your build, you can make some adjustments and it'll, because it, these reports very should very easily tell a story. Um, the second thing that you should be doing in the launching is that you should be forecasting. This is the other thing that most people skip because they don't know they should be doing this. Right. Most marketers are always looking back at their data saying things like, well, we're just trying to figure out how people are using our blog, or we're just trying to figure out what happened to that $10,000 in ad spend we did with Facebook last week. And, right. and they're always looking in the rear view mirror, looking back in time. And that's not at all what you should be doing. What you should be doing is marketing forward and you're forecasting. So you should be asking questions like, well, here's how people should be using our blog. Are they using it that way? Here's what should have happened with our Facebook ad spend. And remember, you're charting out all the results and how. So it's, we spend 10,000, that should give us 10,000 page views, which should, you know, 2% of those are going to opt in or buy or whatever. And for an average ticket of this, which should generate this much revenue. And you have all those steps forecasted out, right? And right. then you measure against your forecasts and you'll very quickly see what's working, what's not. Very specifically, you'll see that. And then you optimize. And that's the thing right. that everybody tries to race toward. They're always trying to make new changes to the site but they're not using data to do it. They're guessing a lot of time. But right. if, you, if you're really truly launching your measurement system properly, you'll go through those three stages where you see the story, you then forecast what's gonna happen, and then you measure against your forecast, and that's the optimization step. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm guilty of so many things you've just mentioned. And I'm glad that this is recorded. I will watch it tomorrow, <laughs> and I'll take notes for sure. You know, it's 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 it's, uh, it's such an interesting topic right now. Mm -hmm. All right. so. Uh, Talking about funnels, right? You just mentioned a little bit about that marketing sales funnel. They needs they need to be analyzed in depth to identify where are gaps or the other leaks happening. So, how can marketing measurement models help with that? Uh, I'll give you a real world example of this. Um, right. The, the the way that we we sort of think about this is always customer journey, sales funnels, right? Whatever whatever languaging people use, they'll say the journey right. for now. You're always measuring for the customer journey. In measurement, and this goes back to the results, people think, oh, I'm just going to measure the number of sales. And that's good. But remember, you got to know results and how. It's very important to know how you are achieving your results so you can scale what works and fix what doesn't. Right. So when it comes to results, we think about it in terms of what we call the ACE model, which is you measure for when they are aware of the journey. We measure right. for when they complete the journey. And we measure at various stages as they engage through the journey so we know where the drop off is. Right. And that, right. to your point, it shows kind of where that is. So we will do that at a, at a higher, at a, at a level of sort of like, for example, we have a flagship program called the Measurement Marketing Academy. It's kind of our training program. So we'll have, when they show up at the page itself, that's our aware of the academy as a product. When they purchase it, okay, cool. They've seen the thank you page, they've purchased it. When they see the cart page, that might be like an engagement, right? So we can know right. how that, that journey works. But to your point, what about, so that's, that's a, and that's a great place to start. That's where most people should try to get to as fast as they can, at least knowing those stages. But right. then it's like when you get good at measurement, you can start doing even cooler things. So what we do is on our, on our academy page, 
what we actually measure for is how that page, because remember, think about the conversation that you're having with your users. What is right. that conversation that that page is having? So we measure for when that page loads, we measure for if they're there 10 seconds later, we measure for did they scroll halfway down the page in the first 45 seconds? We measure did they look at the pricing uh, table for at least four seconds to show some sort of investigative behavior, like maybe they're considering the offer. And then, of course, right. we measure the button click to go to the cart. So when we right. measure all of that, it kind of spells out a nice little funnel for us. And we can we can visually measure, visually see what the conversation is that that page is having. And if, if for example, which has happened in the past, we expect right. on average about 90% of the people to be there at least 10 seconds, right? That's, right. that's how that page is supposed to work. I mean, we're always forecasting, right. so that's how it's supposed to work. At one point, that page was, there were people in the high 70s. It was only like 75% of the people were sticking around 10 seconds. So we knew there was a mismatch between sources of traffic coming in and what that page, the above the fold part of the page was. So we made some changes to the above the fold, instantly switched it. Within hours, we had our numbers back. This right. is what's the beauty of measurement. You don't okay. have to wait five days of data. You can look at it and be like, that is off. We got to fix it. And then you can see it almost immediately within hours come back to normal. So you can make changes much faster because you can see the conversation going. Like if, if you came into my shoe store and you're like, hey, I'm looking for sneakers. And I'm like, great, here are dress shoes. You'd probably make a weird, funny face. I would take that as a cue and be like, oop, I made the wrong mistake. I got to switch it, right? Right. It's the exact same thing that measurement does where you would see the market going, ooh, they are not at all sticking around 90%. We are mismatching something here. We're not hitting the expectation. So let's fix that. And then you just fix it and it, and it all comes back. That's the beauty of measurement. It'll tell you exactly what to do. Amazing, amazing. Marketers who are watching this or going to watch the video, take a note of this is how a marketer has to think actually. This is how you can improve your job and your results. All right. Yes, yep. So... Um, Let's come back to metrics. There are so many mm -hmm. metrics in play you know, for different organizations, different, different metrics, different channels. So what are some of the key metrics, according to you, every marketer must track? Uh, another great question. So I, I personally like, again, I always go to, I try to keep it as simple as I can. And I think about results and how, because everyone's right. model is slightly different. So that's how you get to your metrics. As you think about what are the results I'm trying to get? Because if you're a lead gen site, you're not worried about sales as much as you are about the number of leads that you're acquiring or whatever it is. So that might be your main metric. It's the results metric. And then there's the how steps, right? How are you getting those results? Um, right. and, and, there's a, and you can see that I'm answering it in a similar way because there is a pattern. That's the framework. Because if you follow that, you go, okay, well, in my case, let's say I'm an e-commerce store, the results would be number of sales, right? My, my transactions, I'm getting the orders, how many products, and then you start thinking, what other results? Well, how many were in the cart? Okay, I wanna know maybe that, because you're just learning about what the end result of all those transactions were, but then you go, okay, what are the how steps? Well, I need to know how many people started the checkout process that actually ended up, okay, how did they get the checkout process? Well, they would have had that added to cart, so I should know that. And what do they have to do before they add to cart? Well, they had to see the product detail page, so I should know that. And now all of a sudden you've got those how steps and the entire idea of this is that you're measuring for the, for the, you know, and metrics is a good word, but I like, in, I think about it in behaviors, right? Like I'm right. looking I'm, in my head, I'm imagining thousands of people seeing the product detail page. And of those, a few hundred are going to click on the add to cart. And of those, half of those are going to start the checkout and half of those are going to finish, you know, something like that. Right. But you're, right. you measure for those, for that results and how story so that you can see where the, where the breakdown is. And then the, the next the question is going to be like, well, what do you focus on, right? Kind of what is that key performance indicator, that, that key performance metric that you want to focus on? And, the, and the, the answer to that is that's going to change depending upon how your forecast is. Because remember, you're not just measuring this to go like, for example, going back to that blog idea of like, well, let's use a store. How are people using our e-commerce store? Is not a, not a great question. It is, it is a question, but it's not a great question. A better question would be, Here's how they're supposed to be using your e-commerce store. Are they using it in that way? And so right. now you've got your forecast. You measure against that forecast, all those little results and how steps. You will see, all of a sudden, you might be like, hey, the right people are seeing, you know, we got a number of people hitting products, which is great. They're adding to cart in the percentage we thought they were going to. They're even starting the checkout. But the average ticket is only $20. We thought it was going to be $60. Okay, right. let's go back. That's what we got to figure out. How do we get average order value up? Maybe we change the cup, the offer. Maybe we're changing an order bump. Maybe we're putting related items. But now we're very focused there because we know that's where the issue is that we have to fix because that was the piece that did not match what we thought was going to happen, right? right? Whereas the opposite might be true. Whereas, hey, maybe average order value is perfectly fine. 
and it works, but there's only a hundred people that saw the product detail page. We thought a thousand people that maybe Facebook was going to send a thousand people. So now we've got to go focus on the campaign. Why didn't that work to get a thousand people over or how else maybe Facebook's tapped out and we can't figure out how to get a thousand people, but we need a thousand people. So it's like, well, let's go to the email list. Let's see if we get maybe affiliate channel to open up. Let's start opening up Google ads. And you have more conversations around the traffic side of things because the journey is working the way that it's supposed to. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I've, I, I've never heard somebody talking so visually about the journey. You know, it's, it's, it's not that easy to visualize the entire. We talk about funnel. We have certain set of figures which we calculate all the time, but we never think about visually the journey and the factors impacting at each stage. So yeah. that's a very, very nice way to look at it. Actually, all right. So moving on. Uh, how can marketers and organizations align their business objectives to their marketing KPIs? And how can marketing measurement play a role in that? Uh, again, really good question. So we we forecast, it goes back to forecasting. And this is what this is the beauty of my answers, hopefully, is that people realize like, oh, this isn't that, it's not that hard because there's not 17 million different directions. It's the same stuff, right? right so right. we have a forecast. This is what we literally do for our own organization. I have a forecast that is bi-week by week where I will, I have an idea of, we have different products and services, right? So all of our products, like for example, the Measurement Marketing Academy, there's a forecast that I have for how many people should be investigating the offer, let's say loading the page, right? So how many people should see that offer? How many of those should click through to go to the cart? How many of those should complete the cart and at what the average price should be? So I'm measuring for those four key metrics, right? Number of people who start, number of people who finish, number of people who engage by seeing the cart, Number of, and then what the actual money is, right? What the average right. amount is. So I have those right. four things that I look for. I forecast that out a week at a time and I have that done a year in advance. No lie, that is a year in advance that I do that. So what I'm doing is I'm forecasting out my revenue for that product. So I know as an owner, as a marketer, how much revenue that product should be generating and I know how it should be generating it because I can go to my marketing team now and say, hey, you're on the hook, right? You're responsible for getting this many page views. How are you going to do that? And more importantly, and again, this is this is set aside a measurement. This is the forecasting part of it. More importantly, I can go to them and say, in three months, the traffic should be at this level. What are you doing today to make sure that in three months we have that traffic, right? And all of a sudden they start wow. doing things like, oh, we got to get that SEO out because that doesn't work immediately. That's going to take some time. So let's do that. Let's get Mercer on another podcast, right? Let's get let's do that stuff to generate the traffic so that it's hitting where we need to be three months out. And now you're you're months out, you're working ahead of the game, as opposed to always feeling like everything's on fire and you're doing everything in last mm -hmm. minute. So that's right. the power of, of forecasting. Then right. it's just making sure that you set up your measurement so you can compare what you thought was gonna happen to what actually is happening. And then, right. and then your actual results will help to feed your forecast. Because a lot of people get caught up in like, well, I can't forecast because I have no idea what's working. I'm like, you don't have to, guess, guess, and then measure it. And then your measurements will get better. Kind of like if you have glasses, right? Like I have contacts, you know, but I wear glasses I could, like as you do. And, and so imagine like, and, and you probably have done this where I've had like an old pair of glasses that I needed and I just, and you put it back on the prescriptions kind of fuzzy, you know, right. but that's better than not wearing any glasses at all. Right. So, so you so get true. good enough to get going and then you come back and you make the prescription better later. And that's how it uh. works with measurement. So when you forecast guess, and then you measure and then you'll see the actual results. You'd be like, wow, I was really off. And then you go, that's fine. And you adjust your future forecast based on what's been happening and then you get better and that's how you build it. It's like a muscle. You build that forecasting muscle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very good way to put that uh, across. Right. So uh, my next question is about conversion. You know, mm. that's probably one of the most important metric amongst yes. all these metrics, right? So why is it the most important thing? That's a maybe a silly question, but I need to ask that. And how does monitoring conversion helps marketers? Uh, great question. So the, the conversion obviously is the, for the most part, let's define conversion rate. So in right. our case, we try to differentiate it a little bit because conversion rate is just the difference between how many people started something and finished something, but it's, but we don't know what the somethings are. So I've right. heard, I've heard people say, oh, well, my offer converts at 30%. And I'm like, there's no way your offer converts at 30%. How are you figuring that out? And they say, oh, well, it's the people who saw the cart and then completed. I'm like, okay, well, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the people who start the offer page. And then, you know, so it's, you want to make sure that you define conversion rate. So the way that we talk about it is we'll say the core conversion rate is for that 
and that's probably what we're talking about here, right? It's only the core conversion rate for the, whatever the core product or service is. That right. is the end result. That's where the, the, the currency is switching hands. We're actually trading that value back and forth between the users trading their, their currency for the product or service you're providing. That's why it's so important, right? That's sort of the obvious answer to that is that's what makes the world go round. Um, but it is important, again, going back to that results and how that you're measuring multiple conversion rates at different stages. So like in our case, we know we, we again, going back to forecasting, we expect, we forecast that between eight and 12% of the people who see the Academy page will go to the cart page. We then forecast roughly 40 to uh, 45% will go to purchase, right? We'll make it through the cart. And we know what the average ticket's gonna be so we can predict out revenue. But those, so there's multiple conversion rates that we're using to do that. Right, right, absolutely. All right, so uh, let's talk about web analytics a little bit because mm -hmm. when we talk about marketing measurement, that's one of the major areas, right? It's one of the common avenue of marketing efforts measurement. Mm -hmm. What are your recommendations normally you give to your clients and organizations you work with to improve their web analytics? Uh, yeah, really great question. So one is planning, get better at planning because most organizations do not plan. They jump and I did, I was the same way. So if anybody's like, well, I don't plan either. Like I, it's okay. I, everybody, everybody who starts like that because right. they're so easy to turn on and then you just jump right. in at Google analytics. And what, what happens for most people is they turn it on, they jump into it. And then like, I don't know what this means. And they come back in two years, right? And they check it again. They go, I'm not sure. They, they look right. at real time reports or see the number of users, but they don't really have a story. And so if that's happening, it's because the plan wasn't done properly. And again, that's probably the case because most people don't know to plan. So you go back to what we call that Kia model, which was you ask the questions, you then collect the information you need to get the answers, and you think about what actions you're going to take based upon the answers you get. Then when you have the planning in place, then your build will, will become better. And it might go from kind of that fuzzy prescription that we talked about before to a little cleaner prescription because you learn to improve things like, oh, I'm not doing... ACE goals. I'm not doing awareness goals and completion goals and engagement goals. I was just tracking for purchases. So I need to add in awareness as a stage. I need to add in engagement as a stage. And so you're now you're making your results a little bit better. Or in the case of Google Analytics, maybe you're not properly tracking your traffic with UTMs, right? Little, right. little thing. Anybody can Google for that of how to do that. Um, but you can do little parameters that identify specific sources. Like for example, you know, we'll talk about this uh, later when it's like, hey, how do you find out more about us? I'm going to give you a link. It'll be set up so I know that somebody came from watching this podcast, right? That's the idea um, right. of it. So I can track more uh, specifically the traffic source. It's not just, oh, they came from somewhere. It's they came from this specific thing. And I can tie that to the result of how many people were now aware of the academy or became a toolbox member or whatever the thing is that we're trying to measure for. Um, right. So that's that's what I would recommend. When, when somebody's got measurement is if it's not telling you a story, it's probably because of the plan. Go back to that first then go back into your builds and try to see where that you can get a little more granular in terms of, again, results being not just the end results that you're trying to measure for, not just that sale, but the how steps along the way, those milestones along the way as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't mind me smiling in between because I am guilty of most of the things which you're mentioning, you know, without plan, getting into Google Analytics, installing and getting, you know, just I did too. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> it's, it's how everybody starts. And you're like, yeah. man, I'm not sure. And then you start seeing weird things. Where it's like one report says this and the other report seems to say something different. And, you know, then right. you're like, why? Well, I, I don't know if I can trust it anymore, you know, and then and you freak yourself out about it. Uh, right. and, and it really is. It can't be a lot simpler as long as you follow that framework and, it, and, you, and everything builds upon each other. It makes it a lot simpler. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure my team will be watching and they will be expecting a rework on some Google Analytics stuff on Monday. <laughs> That's, Monday. A <laughs> That's a fact, yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about an interesting area, attribution. You know, Attribution mm. is one of the biggest challenges for marketing today. Yeah. There are several models. We all debate about it. Should we go for last touch point? Should it be equal distributed? So what are your top advice for the same? And what is your most preferred model of attribution? That's a really good question. So attribution, as you say, is is very difficult. I despise attribution models. I really do. The reason that I don't like attribution as a as a as a topic is because it's one of those weird things where you can just change how you calculate it and it changes the result. 
So if Absolutely. I if I'm a Facebook vendor, I'm going to be like, well, first click, look, oh, Facebook's amazing. <laughs> and if I'm the email vendor, then I'm going to be like, well, no, last click, look, email's amazing. And you can literally change the attribution model, and it changes your answer. And I think that's what makes it so hard because there's right. no absolute truth, right? There's right. just a version of the truth, and it's not so objective, really. Um, so what I try to do is avoid all of that by by uh, specifically tying to uh, tying the, the ads, the, the messages, let's take all messages in general, right? Every, everything I'm sending somebody to the site, there's a very specific stage in the customer journey that I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and right. so as an example, and this is, I know Facebook doesn't do this anymore, but they, they did for, I mean, I, all the ad platforms do, these really wide attribution windows where it's like 28 days of attribution. What ad has ever been created on Facebook where you're supposed to take the result sometime in the next month? None of them. They are all click on the ad and then take some sort of action. That's what you're supposed to right. be doing, right? But that's right. not how it's measured. So what we do is we actually we actually make it very tight attribution windows. So we'll try to do like a day attribution because the ad is designed to accomplish the results in a day, in, technically immediately or within minutes of that right. ad being clicked on. So we try to measure for that because what I want to know as a marketer is, and, I, and the way I think about the ads, it goes back to the visualizations. I think about them as little, little salespeople. So this ad is a salesperson whose job it is and this, again, ties back to the whole framework stuff we talked about. This ad, whose job it is to get people to become aware of the academy. That's right. it. That's the conversion we're measuring for. So as soon as that awareness goal happens, it's like when the page loads, that ad's done its job. It's great. Now everybody moves into a new campaign whose job it is to get them to engage with the academy. Let's right. click on that to go to the cart. And the messaging will change. And if they've already bought, then obviously they get pulled out of that campaign. But if they've clicked on the cart and they haven't bought, they get into another campaign that ad's job is to get them to complete the purchase, right? And so, and you, because you know who you're talking to, you can change the messaging. So one might be like, here's all these different reasons of looking at you know, the academy. Maybe you've got this problem. The academy can help you solve this measurement thing. And you go, cool, now I'm aware of it, but you don't buy because something got in the way. The next message is, here's what other people are saying about the academy being successful at it. And they're like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. And oh, they're getting ahead of me. I should, maybe, you know, that works to get you to engage. But if you don't engage, it's like, okay, hey, here's this bonus or whatever that you can get for becoming an academy member. You know, and the, so now there's a, a different reason to to get them to complete. So what we the way going back to your attribution question is we very tightly identify attribution windows and we have a very specific purpose. So it's not, oh, just we hope it sells the academy. It's this should do this in the customer journey. This should move them here in the customer journey. This is targeting this group and should move them here in the customer journey. And because the amount of time and this is the key, because the amount of time between the click and the the objective of the click is very short, you can make everything last click, which is easy to attribute. So then right. what you do is you measure all of those and then you can make a bigger dashboard and we can literally have a dashboard of a customer journey that says, here's the traffic sources that are really good at making people aware. Here are the traffic sources that are really good at giving them to complete. Here are the traffic sources that are really good at getting them to engage. And then you can take best of breed. And that's how you start going things like, oh, well actually Google Organic is really good about making them aware. Facebook retargeting or Google ads retargeting is really about getting them to engage and maybe become a lead. And then our email is what causes them to actually close when they have a relationship right. with us. And then we can see that and we go, cool, this is how it works now. And then we just say, okay, this is how it's supposed to work. Then we measure against it to make sure it's always still working because the markets change, right? Technical stuff happens. Right. So we're always measuring against to make sure it's working in the same way that it's supposed to, but we can easily tell an ad, right? Our marketing team can say this much money should cause this to happen. And we know, as opposed to like sometime in the next month, maybe it makes money. It's not about that. It's about, no, it should get this to happen. Because if we're getting them to move through the journey, we know, you know, the truth is in the trend, the power is in that pattern. They're going right. to complete a certain percentage of them will complete a sale because the trend is there. We know that trend is there. Right, right. I think that is the best answer on attribution ever. Because, you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody can make it much simpler than this. You know, that's, that's a whole... That's a real actionable advice, you know. That's, it it that's eliminates the guessing. I don't like guessing. Absolutely. It eliminates <laughs> the guessing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. That proves you're a data data person. <laughs> you don't like you don't like guessing. Most of us guess all the time. Man, I, I I tell you, I I uh, I always go to our team right when we, we we review our own results, and and even if we sold what we needed to sell, like we hit the revenue, if we didn't do it in the way that we thought we were going to do it, like the traffic was off and you know or whatever, we'll still go back to the market and say, okay, we didn't quite do it in the way we thought we were going to. What can we do to to improve things, and why is that happening, and how do we change it? 
Um, I'm a big believer in listening to your customers because they're the only ones that know what they like and don't like. And we, everything we do is a guess if they like the headline or not. But if I can measure and say, well, they stuck around 10 seconds and they started scrolling, the headline's right. fine, right? We know they're telling us, yeah, headline's good. I'm, I'm good with that. And that's what I like about this sort of idea of measurement is that it does, it eliminates the guessing. And it's just, you're going, it's like you can have, like, again, going back to you and I in a shoe store, we could have a conversation. I say, hey, do you like these sneakers? You say, no, you're like, okay, hey, maybe what are you looking for? Oh, I need something that's like high tops. You're like, great, here's my high tops, you know? And, but I'm right. getting the cues from you and you're guiding me on how to sell you shoes. The exact same thing can happen digitally as long as we go good at measurement because measurement's how we listen. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so next important area, which is one of my favorite areas is content marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So does, does marketing measurement covers content marketing efforts? If yes, what are some of the key metrics we need to focus? Again, a great question. So think about, again, results and how, right? And this is just like I'm pointing out the patterns here. It's always the same thing you over and over again. What are the results that a content marketer might want? So if you're, let's say you're a content marketer who is there to get affiliate links or something where affiliates are clicking off to go to your Amazon link or something like that. The result that you might be measuring for is link clicks to Amazon or other affiliate links, right? So that would be your, your sort of completing the customer journey would be that, the, the result. Now, how would they achieve that? Well, first, they have to show up on the page and then they're going to have to spend some time or scroll or some other behavior. Maybe it's content that's video. They might be watching the video or listening to a podcast, right? So listening to the audio widgets and you can measure for that. So what you do is you would set up a goal and measure for when they're aware. You measure for as they engage, you measure for as they complete those different things. And now you, what, you're, what you would eventually uh, start doing is you would always forecast. You say, well, for everybody that sees this blog post, we know 30% of those should engage with it and 10% will should click off to the affiliate link. And at that right. point, it's whatever their conversion rates are gonna be, right? Uh, but you can predict that. And now you can plan ahead and say, well, if next week we need these seven content pieces coming out, here's how much traffic they should be getting. Here's how they should be interacting with those blog posts and here's what they should be doing after that. Sometimes the call to action is just a, a content blog post that maybe we might do where we then point them to an offer that's inside our company, right? Like they're becoming a, a toolbox member of the academy. Again, right. the click is what the blog is supposed to get. So the blog post is measured against, did it get that click to go over to the academy? I don't judge the blog post on did it sell academies because that's not what its job is. The academy offer page, that's the job of the offer page is to build value and sell the academy. But the right. blog page should be getting them to the academy page. So that's what right. I'll measure for as the result for that blog page. And again, I always go back to the how. I gotta make sure X amount of people are seeing it and then a percentage of those are engaging with it, whether that's scroll or time uh, or some other behavior that I'm looking for. But that's but it's the exact same thing. It's just that it's a different, it's a different ACE model, right? Different awareness, different completion, different engagement behaviors. Right, right. Different, different, different things expected out of content anyways. Yeah, but it's right. still a journey. It's still a journey, right? Absolutely, so absolutely. Yeah. All right. So another um, I don't know whether it applies here, but I wanted to ask this question. You know, mm -hmm. one of the one of the biggest areas nowadays everybody talks about is influencer marketing, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people are putting in money. A lot of brands are going for. A lot of marketers are going for it. Can marketing measurement help with tracking the results with influencer marketing campaigns? Yeah, it could. In a lot of cases, it can, and I think certainly better than most people do. So, as an example, if you were promoting. Uh, which we will, we'll do this, we can do this now. So like, if you were saying, hey, I'll, you know, you're an influencer, you're doing this thing for measurementmarketing.io because I paid you to do a little promo. If you just send them to measurementmarketing.io, like that's good because I get traffic, right? I, I at least get the traffic, but I can't really attribute that traffic to you because it's right. just coming to the homepage. And, I, and a lot of times that would be what they would call direct traffic. It would show up in Google Analytics as direct none is what they call it. And I couldn't tell that you did that other than you saying like, no, it, it clearly happened. So there's, there's two things that I would recommend. One is you can set up little redirects, uh, which is what we're gonna do here. So if anybody go, that's interested in learning about it, we have a free level of our membership called the Toolbox Membership. So if you go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash SMB talks, it's going to redirect to the page that, I need, that we wanted to redirect to with little identifiers, those little UTM parameters they called, that will tell us, okay, they came from this podcast. Influencers right. can do the same thing, right? The other thing that you can do, because sometimes it's just not always possible with the technical implementations, or maybe it's just there's no link to click on. What do you, right. what do, you do then, right? So it's either a quick little short link like that, like we did with the measuremarket.io forward slash SMB talks, or you have to start kind of going, well, I'm not going to be able to directly attribute it, 
So you kind of look at what other, other bumps may have happened. So, oh, okay, well, Vivek said he's going to announce it on Friday, and we saw a spike in direct none happen on Friday. Right. No right. guarantees that was him, but if that's the only thing that was different, probably that was it. And then you look at other things like Google Organic. Did Google Organic also go up? Because it's sort of the same thing, like a hard-to-track media would be like radio or right, broadcast right. TV. Same sort of thing. It's like, well, when its spots are running, when the ads are running, you look for the bumps in the other channels of traffic because your user count should go up if that's having an influence, right? right. Um, but it won't be necessarily attributable to the direct media source, but it's sort of where you can kind of see like the ripples that, that that's causing in the other traffic sources. And that's what I would look at if, if, if there's no other way to do it. Right, 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 absolutely. All right, so before we uh, you know, end the discussion on marketing, Mishaman, my final last question on this topic is, what are some of your favorite tools for tracking marketing efforts and results, uh, I know great. you you might you might have a lot of tools. Yeah, just 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 a short list will do. So so the highlights, um, the one for sure I recommend is Google Analytics. It is it's a great out of the box platform. It's solid. Uh, there's a new Google Analytics version called Google Analytics Four that's coming out, or that is out, but people should start practicing now because it is radically different. Um, right. But it's it's going to be incredibly powerful. Um, so that that. By and large, that just learning that platform will be helpful. If you already have that platform and you're not using Google Tag Manager, that would be the next stage is Tag Manager. Um, the reason that you use a tool like Tag Manager is because every measurement system sort of collects information, it stores the information, and then it builds reports on the information. That's kind of what Google Analytics does. And if you, you, know, you jump into like the source media report or something, you sort of see all the details there. What Tag Manager does is it's really built to collect information. And that's all it does. So it's better. You can. That's how we do things like, oh, did they see this part of the page for at least four seconds? Like imagine being able to measure, did they see my testimonial section for five or six seconds? Did they watch the video halfway through? Like that's what Tag Manager can see. So you set Tag Manager up to do that. And it's made for marketers to use. So it's pretty, it's a, a little bit of a learning curve, but it's entirely simple for a marketer to use it once you know how to do it. But you right. tell Tag Manager, okay, when this thing happens, then go tell Google Analytics or go tell Facebook and Google Ads or everybody else. And then those platforms store the information. And then there's another platform that I highly recommend called Data Studio, Google Data Studio. And that's where you build out your dashboards and reports. And so you've got Tag Manager that collects all the information you need. You've got Google Analytics, which sort of stores all that information. You've got Data Studio, and that's where you're now you're looking at your reports and dashboards. You display it there. What's nice about that is it's better at creating reports. They're more, a lot more visual. And more importantly, they're more focused. So they're giving right. you the answers that you want, not a ton of data, which is what Google Analytics will do. And there's a time and a place for that, but most marketers get overwhelmed with too much. You just need to see the answers that you're looking for. I think about it like a dashboard in a car. If you were driving your car, you look at your speedometer, you instantly know, do I hit the gas or hit the brake? You don't have to think about it. You don't have to analyze it. That's what a marketer's dashboard should be, where you see the number, you go, oh, this, I know what I'm going to do now. And that's it. So, and that's what Data Studio does really well. So the Googleverse Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics, Google Data Studio. If you're not there yet, you will eventually grow into that. I would recommend those tools for sure. And then for the new kid on the block award, uh, one that a lot of people haven't played around with yet, but is really interesting is Microsoft Clarity. So Microsoft came into the world of analytics last year with their platform, completely free. Um, it's, it is uh, similar to like uh, Crazy Egg or Hotjar to some extent, which does like key maps and scroll maps. Uh, it does video recording. And it's free. So you can go in there. And one of the things I liked, and it goes back to what we talked about, and like we like training the normal people how to use Google Analytics, not like we don't work with a lot of data scientists, data analysts, because they obviously already know this stuff. But normal people, people who are not numbers people, they get it is hard to learn this stuff. Right. So we try to we make it for them. That's what our training is for normal people. Clarity did a really good job of of kind of doing that same thing. So they've like one of their metrics is called rage clicks, where it's somebody that's clicking on a link or a, a something, they're clicking on something in a short period of time, a bunch of times. That implies they think it's supposed to go somewhere, but it's not. And so what Microsoft Clarity will do is it'll say, oh, here's 2% of your clicks or rage clicks. Do you wanna watch those videos? And you're like, yes, I do. Let me go see what those videos were. They were, oh man, that video, that link was buttoned or that, that link was broken or, oh, that does kind of look like a button and that was not a button. Let's change the design of that image. And you, and right. you can see, again, listening to your users, to adjust the experience to make sure that the site is working the way that it's supposed to. So Microsoft Clarity is a really good one to get started with. And again, completely free. All these tools uh, for, right. the, for the vast majority of users are gonna be free. Right, 
right, right. Clarity is a fantastic tool, actually. Uh, I'm so happy Microsoft came up with it. I am too. They did. They did out of the gate. They did a great job. I'm like, I'm looking right. forward to what they do with that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So we are kind of done with the marketing measurement bit of the talks. Now uh, I take a couple of questions to get to know Mr. Mercer and the kind of work you do, your journey, etc. So you are the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io and one of the leading leading measurement marketing experts. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and your what does your firm do and what kind of work you have been doing across these years? Yeah, absolutely. So we started, uh, my background primarily is sales management. So I always, this is why I think very much in terms of like a, a customer journey, like a sales pipeline, uh, right. because I'm just used to that, right? So that was my background. We came into the digital world. I actually started a, a WordPress site to train people how to do WordPress sites. It was just a membership site. So we started doing that. Uh, years ago. And that led into people coming to us saying, well, this is a lot of work. Can you just build the site for us? So we're like, okay, we learn, you know, how to build an agency and we start building WordPress sites for people. But back in that time, um, I wanted to differentiate ourselves a little bit because there's a lot of people doing that. And in the States, at least, CRO, conversion rate optimization, was kind of new. Not a lot of people were doing it back then. So we were like, right. ah, we're going to be different. We're going to build your WordPress site and we're going to optimize the WordPress site for you. So that's how we're going to separate ourselves out. And we started doing that. Well, in order to optimize, you have to first measure. And so we would set up Google Analytics. Now, what we did not know is when we were setting it up, we were setting up a little differently because we had studied it and, and were learning it. So when we present a WordPress site to a client, they would say, okay, well, that's great about the site. Can you go back to the analytics? And how do I tell if Facebook is causing leads or if Facebook's causing sales? And we would show them how to do that. Almost overnight from the time that we started doing that, our referrals changed. And it wasn't people sending people to get WordPress sites anymore. Cause they're like, well, we have a site, but our analytics isn't there at all. Can you set up our analytics? And then we realized that's the pivot. So we switched the company from doing that to really learning and, and setting up in that case, back in the day, Google analytics, that's where measure marketing.io came from. Um, and we would set up these analytics setups and measurement setups for individuals. Uh, and then there was just, cause that is a, a fairly expensive thing to do. A lot of companies don't have that budget. Then we started moving into training. Um, and that's what I really love doing. I love teaching. So we primarily do training now and just helping people understand these tools, helping people how to learn, you know, helping people understand how to learn it to create a measurement culture inside their organizations. So whether it's the do-it-yourself level training like the Academy has, we've got private guided training we do with instructors for teams that want live training uh, dedicated to themselves. We've got certifications for agencies. And then we have like total done-for-you setups. Um, as well. So that's kind of, that's all we do right now. But I really, really like training. And I, uh, going back, I try to avoid doing a lot of the setup work personally, because I think it's important that a company has measurement as a muscle. And it's important that, that marketers especially know how to do that. Amazing. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure your trainings are amazing because the way you put across every insight or every point it's, it's kind of a storytelling in itself, you know, so it, it registers, it registers. That's exactly right. right. That's the idea. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's something like once you learn it, you can never unlearn it again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's the beauty of storytelling anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So my final question, which I ask every guest who comes on the show, because the show originated during this pandemic. So, you know, how has COVID-19 impacted Mercer and uh, measurementmarketing.io and how is 2021 going so far? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so far, so good. Fortunately, we are on the digital side of things. So, you know, we were doing Zoom and I'm sure you were as well. Like we were doing Zoom way before it was cool to do Zoom. So we were like three years later into Zoom and people were like, oh, they're showing up now. So we already already learned all the fun stuff about muting yourself and all of that. Um, so for us, we were kind of ready for it. Uh, our team is distributed anyway around the world, half of them here in the U.S., um, half of other places. So we already had that set up. And so for us, there wasn't much of a disruption. And it was a lot more people going online, uh, being forced to go online, especially from an e-commerce perspective. So there was an influx of business, essentially, because what happens is everybody, and this is normal, everybody starts because they're like, oh, I got to do a Shopify store now or whatever the thing is they're going to do. They do it. They spend a bunch of money and then eventually they start going, what happened to all that money? And everyone's like, I don't know. And they're like, well, we got to learn how to measure this. And then that's when it hits us when they when they come back. So 2020, we saw the influx of people kind of getting online 
2021, we see the influx of people trying to figure out what's working and what's not online, which is when they start building measurement. And I would expect that's going to continue into 2022 uh, because GA4, Google Tag Manager, server side, all these technologies are changing to keep up with the technical challenges, uh, which is just going to create more of a demand for measurement. So I think that's an, an understanding measurement. Uh, so more organizations are going to understand, even if it's a small business, you're going to have to have some understanding of these of these products to, to do that. So I expect it's going to get bigger for us. Uh, and then on a personal note, um, our, our main model was a lot of speaking. So we would be on stages speaking, which of course, that is completely different than it used to be, especially during 2020. So we switched to podcasts and doing a lot of podcasts. That's This is a perfect example of kind of why I'm here today. Uh, is doing that. So we sort of took that and made the adjustment uh, and it's and it's worked out great. I love being able to talk to everybody's tribe and help them out and, and you know, love teaching where we can. So that was, that was the biggest adjustment we had to do for COVID was figuring out how do we replace out the live stages uh, with a different medium. Right, right. I think um, I, I am a big fan of small and medium businesses. I think those guys need for people like you to teach them how to make sense uh, of whatever they're trying to do with website, and uh, you know traffic or lead generation etc they need people like you uh, i thank you so much for coming uh, on the show and talking and giving so many insights you know i'm pretty sure i'm gonna watch this video again and again over the weekend and thank you so much uh, chris and have a happy weekend thanks man i appreciate you having me and uh, yeah looking forward to being on the next one maybe soon all right all right absolutely absolutely right, thank you all right, that was Chris Mercer. Uh, I cannot thank him enough for coming on the show. Marketing data. We have so much of data. That's a problem with marketing. Data flowing in from many sources, it's be it social media, content, website, all those things. But hardly a small percentage of marketers know how to make sense of it. So today was an amazing session. I'll put up this video on YouTube. Uh, please watch it. And last episode, what I started is I've started chopping these videos into short bite-sized question and answer videos so that also can be up over the weekend so make sure you tune into the channel and get a bit of it and understand how measuring marketing makes all the difference so take care happy weekend and stay safe everybody thank you see you soon thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow The Thrifty Marketer Podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.